So all the noises you'll hear below us, that's the pugs, Cosmo and Astro. So do you make music then, too? I suppose uh, let's introduce our guest before okay. we get into it. Okay. So this is episode 85 of the podcast. I am Casey. I'm Scott. And I'm Leo Bird. Leo Joseph Bird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just Leo Bird. LJB. LJB. That's yeah, and almost thank LBJ. You, thank you so much for being <laughs> here, Leo. I saw you do comedy. We were at Lefty shooting a commercial, and you performed. It was the open mic, and you were so funny. Scott was there, and yeah, my company was shooting a commercial, and it was just like everyone from my company was like, "Who's that guy? He's so funny." And then I'm like, I should ask him to be on the podcast. But yeah, so I asked you to be on the podcast, but and I explained this the last episode. I sometimes I try to pretend I'm like super professional, but I'm not really. So then I'm like, this is my podcast email that I don't check. And then I checked it, then I'm like, tra la 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 going on with life. Then I'm like, well, I'm a terrible person. I wanted this guy on the podcast. He said yes. And then I ignored him. But then we got back, I sent you a message. Live on the podcast, you're here. Thank you so much. That was a long-winded... And this is the podcast. Oh, yeah. This is the podcast. Nothing's Nothing's too too weird. Well, you know that everything is too black and everything is too white. Everything is too loose and everything is too tight. They got too much control. I hope they don't let go. It's too, 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 or too. There's too much sun today. It's no fun. It's too cold. What the heck is going on? I just don't know. Guess I'll start another podcast show Cause nothing is wrong, however something ain't right Without the darkness, then there isn't any light You're being too polite, I think that maybe we should fight The days are too long, oh god, another long night Nothing is too shaven and nothing is too bearded Nothing, whoa, nothing is too weird Okay, Okay. now we've started, we're good now we have started the podcast. But anyways, yeah, so everyone from my work thought, who's this guy? Hilarious. And I'm like, I'm going to ask him to be on the podcast. And now you're here. So it was just, we saw you in an open mic. You had poster board with yeah. drawings on it. Yeah, I used to uh, I used to use a whiteboard for my drawings, but... Uh, I took an art class at the Des Moines Art Center, and oh, the cool. and the teacher recommended that I use a drawing pad. I mean, my original plan was that I was going to take photos of my uh, whiteboard drawings and mm-hmm. then print them out, but my art teacher didn't like that idea, so I switched to a drawing pad. I'm really enjoying the... I think that it's a lot better this way. Okay, I need to see... The drawing pad, we're going to have to check you out again because you were on the whiteboard when we saw you. Yeah, and I think it allows me to make uh, bolder colors, and which will allow me to make thinner lines, which will give me more space, which will allow me to make more detailed... And more jokes. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We got to check this out soon. So what made you start... Did you always use the visual aid? Was that something you started with right away? 
No, uh, I originally was just like everybody else, but there is this one set where I I sort of had like a sketch uh, that showed the difference between ten dorm rooms with two people in it and uh, one dorm room with twenty people in it, <laughs> and. Uh, People like the drawing so much that yeah. I decided to make drawings for my other sets and it really caught on. Yeah. Everything you said that night, it was just so relatable. And you were like, I have autism. And it's like all of everything he's saying is super relatable and funny to all of us. And you had your drawings. And I just, you were like top comedian of the night. It was amazing. So keep going with it. I so can't you, you have autism, is that? Yes, I do have autism. And that was originally what my comedy was about. But when I, but when I shared my stories with people, I was surprised to learn that my fears were a lot more universal than I thought yeah. they were. Mm -hmm. They totally are. Like you were talking about, well... Can you describe your visual aid of like what you were good at and not what well, you were talking about sports? Sports. Uh. <laughs> you might not remember it, but that night you were just talking about it and it just was like, oh yeah, totally. Like, why didn't people get, that's not going to be me. I'm not good at these things. I'm good at these things. Well, uh, were you talking about the set where I said, uh, some people think that if you do cross country, that automatically makes you friends with everybody on the team. Is that the set? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Scott did cross country too. And then I just started laughing. Yes, that is the one. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, could you kind of explain? I mean, it's probably hard to explain without your visual thing, but kind of the premise of the joke you're drawing, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that I don't know if I really talked about how uh, good I was at, at cross country, but uh, I think I kind of just like talked about the ways I need to socialize with my other teammates mm -hmm. in order for it to have a more fulfilling relationship with them. Yes. Yeah, that was it. But that was kind of, so Scott did track. He has like a medal. You're state champion in what? 300 yard. I don't know. I wasn't in track. Four. Scott. He's in the 400. But he talked about like when he was in football, everyone was like, oh yeah, you're going to be a football player. And he talks about all the weird things they did. Like they listened to music with all the lights off together in the locker room, which is insane to me. And then he said, then he started doing track and he liked it because it was all on him to do good. And it wasn't kind of like, you know, the whole team thing. So then, yeah, when you said that, I'm like, yeah, people don't get, people are different. Yeah. If you're in a sport, it doesn't just mean I'm going to hang out with all these people. These, This is who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I thought that was good job. How old are you, Leo? Uh, I'm 28 years old. 28? I'm 40. 
my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned 40 this year. Yeah, I'm 40. Mm-hmm. I was pretty excited about it because I feel like... when Are you? Well, when you turn 40, no one can say anything to you. Yeah, that's true. Because you're 40. And it's like people would try to say things and I'm like, I'm 40. So back off. I feel like I've put in enough time on this earth that don't come at me with anything. I'm doing my best. I'm 40. That makes sense, right? Kind so of. you're on your way. You know, you got yeah. <laughs> yep. more years. You have 40 to look forward to, Leo. Yep. That's that's still a while away. <laughs> it is. But think of all the things that are going to happen to you. And then by the time you get 40, you'll be like me and you'll be like, I'm 40. You can't mess with me. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. Where are you from? Uh, I... T- I took all of my education up to the end of high school in Ames. Okay. And then I went to college in Pella. Oh. Where at? Uh, Central? Or? Central College. Hold on. What, what made you do that? Well, I just wanted to leave Ames, Iowa because I wanted to get familiar with other towns in the world. Mm-hmm. You like Pella? Yeah, I like it all right. Yeah. I went to Tulip Time for the first time. Well, I went when I was a kid, and my aunt told me, don't touch the tulips, or they're going to put you in jail. <laughs> so the whole time I was terrified as a child, like, I'm going to touch these tulips, the police are going to come. So I'm just walking in the middle of the sidewalk. But as an adult, I went a few years ago. It's pretty crazy. Like... I haven't been since I was a child. I don't remember. And I'm Dutch, so I should probably go. You should probably go. At the end of the parade, they swept the street. Well, you got to keep it clean. That's what they said. The Dutch keep things clean. You're goddamn right. They wear wooden shoes. Is that to keep things clean? Well, I don't know. Wood's fairly clean. But there's shreds of wood. Splinters. Sawdust. Splinters. I don't know. What'd you study? At Central. I studied actuarial science in uh, physics. Jeez. Hmm. What's actuarial science? It's like assessing financial risk, and you have to take a lot of exams to uh, to uh, be one. I stopped taking them because uh, they became too difficult for me. But is, it, is that when you have to kind of figure out when people are going to die? Yeah, and it's like assessing risk, and you use like a lot of probability in it. So, what would if you went through with that? Would you eventually work for like insurance companies? Yeah, like Transamerica, Wellmark, uh, Nationwide, Allstate. Sure. Yeah, it seems there's a whole bunch of crazy tests you have to be to be an actuary, and it. Well, like someone at my work, her husband did it, and it was like figuring out when people were going to die. It seems crazy. For life insurance? Or? Yeah. So I guess you would... Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know when you do a job and you kind of see it everywhere? Like, I'll do design, and it's like, oh, I like that font. Like, what if you're just... If you're an actuary, you're just kind of looking at everyone <laughs> and figuring out when they're going to die. <laughs> That's a bummer. Did you ever think of it like that? <laughs> or is that my problem? 
No, I, I, don't. <laughs> I think it's my problem. You're a Looney Tune. <laughs> I'm a Looney Tune. It's fine. I am a Looney Tune. I'm so then, okay, that. you go, you go to Central, get done, and then you, you now you live here. What happened? How'd you get here? Well, uh, I think just because of mainly because of jobs, because uh, I think maybe the the job situation, uh, finding jobs is easier in Des Moines than it is in Ames. Yeah. Sure. And. Uh, I just want to get out of my parents' house. Yeah, that. <laughs> Is that where your parents live, Ames? Well, technically, they live in Gilbert, but we don't do very much in Gilbert. Is that just a small <laughs> town? Gilbert's like a really small town that's like, I think it's a couple miles away from uh, Ames. Yeah, that's what I grew up in a small town too, Dallas Center. Have you ever heard of it? No. It's like. 20 minutes west of here. There's nothing to do. There's no stop signs or anything. There's a Casey's. <laughs> There's a bar. And that's where we'd find people if we needed them. And no police. N- no police at this point. There used to be a police that anytime like, I would be at the park, they'd be like, what are you doing? And it's like, well, it's Dallas Center. What am I supposed to be doing? I'm just sitting at the park. So, so Gilbert... <laughs> Maybe is another Dallas Center. Kind Could of. Be. I don't know. I don't know. Did you go to high school there? In Gilbert? Yeah. No, I went to Ames. Oh, okay. But I think I d- did know one, per- a few people who did who uh, went to Gilbert. Yeah. Because I think there might have been a uh, one kid who used to go to. Who is my age? Who used to go to Ames High School, but he now, but then he went to Gilbert High School, and uh, I think maybe some of my neighbors went to yeah. Gilbert Hi- High School. And your parents were just like, "You're not going to high school here." We, it's we Gilbert. Just, yeah, I think we just knew more people in the Ames area. Yeah. So, were you always interested in like comedy and performing? No, uh, I actually was a, when I was in high school and before that, I was like really into playing uh, video games. Like what ones? Uh, Like Gears of War, Halo, Grand Theft Auto. You're an Xbox guy. And I was also a Nintendo Wii fan, but not... I was more of an Xbox fan than a Wii fan. Like, I liked uh, Super Smash Brothers and uh, Super Mario and Zelda. Oh, yeah. I never under- I never got to anything in Zelda, but I just kind of like the music and going <laughs> along with it. Do you ever play Bubble Wobble? The- Bu- Bubble Wobble? Yeah. Never it- heard of it. Okay. It was on Nintendo, and it was before all of these things. It's probably because I'm 40. So I'm older, and this is why I played. But it's these two dragons that blow bubbles out, and you catch the bad guys, and then you kind of hop on the bubbles, and it plays this great music. And it's like, I don't know. It's really... That sounds like a blast. It was a blast. That was my favorite game. So I'm a bubble wobble person. And you're Gears of War... 
Love That's it. exclusively Xbox, isn't it? Gears of War? Yes, it is. Right, right. Scott, you play Call of Duty. I play Call of Duty. I used to play a lot more games, but that's about all I play now. PS4. It's kind of crazy to me. Like, he'll get a game, and then it's two days before he can play the game after he buys the game <laughs> because of downloading the game. Our internet. Even after we upgraded the internet, it's still not great. Do you still play your video games then, or are you comedy performing now? Well, I do pl- play a tiny bit of uh, video games, but not, I'm just more focused on my on my comedy right now. Uh, the last game that I bought was Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2, and I got that because it got such great reviews. And I, I played the first one while I was a freshman in college. Yeah. Everyone I played that, was talking about I that. I played that first one, too. You remember that? was the cowboy game. Yeah. I, I was too afraid to buy the new one because it was such a commitment. Like, it's pretty much a never-ending game, isn't it? I mean, more or less. Yeah, I mean... Uh, hours and hours. I mean, like, these uh, new video game systems are so much powerful than, like, the... than how they used to be, like... Yeah. Like, in the... Super Nintendo and the and the NES uh, games, you couldn't yeah. even save. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And then sometimes it wouldn't save; like things would freeze up. But also, like when I play games now, when things look so realistic, it makes me feel like I'm the character, and I feel bad for being bad at the game. So I don't want to play. Like I'm getting this thing killed because I'm bad. I don't know. That's on you. It I, is on me. I don't, a I lot don't of things are way. on me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things are on me. But yeah, so I'll play it and it's like I'm just kind of hopping around and people are shooting at me and then I'll just feel bad because I'm in there like a fool hopping around and I got my player killed. Like it's a real thing. But yeah, that it's on me. It is. Yeah. I like to be a dragon sure. and blow bubbles. That's mm-hmm. about the limit of what I can handle. Got any siblings? I have a older brother and an older sister, and they're both married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the oldest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so she's got a young two younger brothers and a sister. Yeah, my sister's ten years younger than me. Do your do your siblings boss you around? My brother used to tell me I wasn't the boss of the whole world, so. Uh, I, I guess there might have been a few (laughs) times when I thought they, they kind of acted like they were the boss of me. Yeah. But they also, uh, did, uh, support me when I felt upset. Yeah. That's good. See, that's what I kind of feel like. I kind of feel like the mom of my brothers and my sister, even though I still feel like their sister, but it's like, I would watch them all the time and... Yeah, my brother would be like, you're not the boss of the whole world. But I'm like, but I'm your boss. I'm your sister. (laughs) But yeah, but then it's like, but then we'd be in on things together, though, too. So. How much older are your siblings? Uh, My brother is like two years older than me. And I think that my sister might be about, I think she's like. Six years older than me, I think. Yeah. Right. 
That's what. Oldest girl, Scott. Hmm? We're the best. Who? The oldest girls? The oldest the girls, the oldest sure. sisters. My niece told my nephew, her brother, your big sister is the most important person in your life. And I'm like, she's right. But that's big sister talk. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can't relate. You can't relate. Mm-mm. I'm the only one here that can relate to that. I'm sorry. Um, so you weren't always interested in comedy and performing. That's your focus now. And you got second place in the comedy contest sort of recently, right? I actually got a second place in that comedy competition three times. What? what? Yep. Good job. Three-time runner-up. Who's beating you? we yeah. got to take this guy we're out gonna, or gal. Gonna, mm-hmm. uh, I think that one time it was... Uh, I'm going to make a list. I think one time it was Mike Gettler. Uh, I think another time it was someone who was like, just visiting the Des Moines area. Oh. And I can't remember who it was the other time. So Mike Gettler, for sure, though, we got to... Yeah, we're going to kneecap that guy. (laughs) 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 Sorry, pal. I mean, you deserve to be first. (laughs) You were first in my work's mind. How long have you been been doing this, then? Yeah. Well, I have been performing stand-up comedy for... Two years, but I have been writing material for maybe six years. Oh, wow. Now, do you find yourself going back to some of that that you've written six years ago that's still applicable? Or Well, I'm still kind of a... I still kind of like revise my work, and I think some of my old... And I'm always making new material. And uh, I mean, I started out as a novelist, but and I and I used a website called Critique Circle to get feedback on my stories. And oh, my gosh. okay, that seems what were people saying? Well, I, I think the first story that I wrote about was uh, criticism, which I think, uh, which uh, nothing spectacular really came out of it, but they did give me some helpful advice. And then the next story that I put on the website was called, was about fitting in. Yeah. And, and people like loved that story. And I know that's. And I know that love is genuine because I've had people give me negative feedback on my stories that makes sense to me. So constructive criticism. That's what I feel like your comedy was about, though. Like a lot of it is like fitting in. But I feel like do any of us feel like we fit in? Because, okay, you talk about how you were in high school. I hear about how Scott is, and I'm like, really? I feel like if we went to the same high school, it's like, would we even interact? Like, all of us felt like we didn't fit in. But I don't know. It's like, I wasn't in any sports. I was in the art club. Whatever. I was getting into trouble all the time. And then Scott will tell me, he's like, I went over to someone's house, and they were watching this movie. I'm like, I watch this movie all the time. And then I'm like, oh, I was 
the bad kid. Like where people are like, don't go to her house. And I'm like, oh, it's weird hearing like, you know, I didn't know I was that to other people. Because to me, I was like, I don't fit in with anything. But to other people, it's like, whoa, this person is like crazy. So it's just interesting to hear other people's sides of like what they're seeing from me and what they experienced. Yeah. So, yeah. What were the clicks in your high school? Well, I think that maybe they were like, they were maybe like the jocks. I think they were the nerds. You could kind of see some of like the, you could kind of see the jocks beating up on the nerds a little bit. Like, I think I remember one time, uh, I think I sort of, there was sort of like the jocks were like asking, asking a nerd like like uh what girl he liked and like and then i and then i think i asked him uh did you like her in eighth grade and i think the nerd uh kind of went silent then and then we kind of like everybody was like laughing yeah so then it's like all these you get to be kind of part of weird communities where it's like, and then when you get older, you intermix with them all. Yeah, I think that might be because, uh, maybe that's because when you get older, you move to different towns and like where you don't know anybody. And so you, you just don't find have a history. similar interests. So it's all based on like actual real things. Yeah. What other cliques besides like jocks and nerds? Do you remember anyone else? Mm, I don't know. Because, uh, yeah, like I just like hearing about other people's schools to see like, how similar it was to my school because I just wanted to go to a different one. <laughs> uh, maybe skaters. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can remember that too. That would be kind of where I would be on the outskirts of like the skaters and I guess the bad kids. What what group would I be at your school based on the people you've told me about? Um, I think they would probably call them alties. I'm an alti. <laughs> Alternatives. <laughs> okay. I'm an alti. <laughs> so I guess that's... Could what have been I an art fag, too. That's another, I could know. have been that. I don't know what I was. I don't know. That's why it's interesting to me, because I want to know what I was to people. Like, not in a way that I'm mad at them, but just what did people see when they were looking at me? Because I was definitely struggling. <laughs> but I didn't know other people were seeing something other than what I was feeling. So, that's interesting to me. I guess I'm either an art fag or an ulti. <laughs> That's me. What would you be then? Like what? You'd be in... Mm. I don't know. I crossed boundaries. You're on the cusp. I was a... Uh, what do they call it? Renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Leo? Do you know what you would be in? You were in the jocks because you were kind of like talking back to... The nerds, right? Yeah, except that I didn't watch sports. Yeah. 
and uh, I couldn't make the basketball team, so uh, my teammates uh, made me the basketball manager. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the cool people, like people that were nice to everyone. Like, she's on the city council in Dallas Center now. Her name is Ryan. But she was just someone that was nice to everyone. And it's like, I don't know who she is because she's just nice to everyone all the time. She talks to me. Now she's on city council, but she was like the wrestling manager. And I'm like, she's cool. Yeah, I think that there is some... uh I remember in eighth grade, there were some girls who were managers for the wrestling team. Yeah. Were they trying to, like, were they cool? Uh, I don't know if they... uh, Or did they just want to be, like, near the wrestlers? (laughs) Well, I think that one of the wrestling managers, I think she was uh, dating one of the wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Had an in. Yeah, you'll have that. All right, so... We're going back to the stage. What are some of your best and worst experiences? Best and worst experience on stage. Well, uh, I don't, I can't say that. uh, I think that I've been living in a very supportive environment on the open mic stage. I've never... I've never gotten any... I think that people are really respectful of my performances and, like, because I think I was talking to Mike Gedler one time and uh, I told him that I had a set where uh, nobody laughed and he's like, oh, we all have sets like that. So I think that they're... I I think that the open mic scene is a pretty safe scene for... uh, Scott used to do comedy. Oh yeah, in Des Moines for like practicing public speaking. But <laughs> I think here's a bad thing that happened to okay. me uh, in in public speaking in college. It was my last public speaking uh, uh, speech, and I was using a PowerPoint presentation. And when I put the PowerPoint onto the computer in the room, the pictures didn't show up on the PowerPoint. So my audience did not feel (laughs) sorry for me and neither did my teacher did. Yeah. But. Well, that's in school. Like now at work, I have to sometimes talk to people and I'm like, what am I saying? And then. It's like I can just move on. Unlike at school where it's like you're graded on it. I can just do something dumb in front of people and it's like, I'll just move on and do better, right? Okay. Like, do you kind of feel that way? Like, when you're not being graded on something, it's a lot easier. Yeah, there's not as much, like, pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think it's time to take a break, Scott? Sure, we can take a quick break. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back back with Leo Joseph Bird.
Oh, you work well, nights, don't you? Yeah, I work at oh. 1130 at night. So we still got a lot of time. Okay. Sure. But sure. I want you to have time to relax before work. Though, I, so. Absolutely. So what's we'll your, get you home. We're back. We're back. What's your daily schedule like then? And where do you, you don't have to say where you work, but unless you don't care, but. So, uh, I work from 1130 at night to 530 in the morning. So like when you're going home from work, people are going to work. Yes. I used to do that at the hotel I worked at. It felt real weird. Yeah. When you get home at 5.30 in the morning after working since before midnight, do you go straight to bed? Do you? Well, usually on a typical day, I would uh, go straight to bed. But uh, on other, if I have to like drive home after work one day, uh, I'll... I might stay up a little bit later just to uh, make sure that I'm fully awake to drive the next day. Mm. Yeah. Or uh, or sometimes they'll make me uh, work a 12-hour shift on the weekend and or not not on the weekend but uh, when there's a holiday. Yeah. So uh, I stay up later when I'm expecting one of the. The days before that, just to make sure that I'm fully alert during work. Yeah, it gets. I so I used to work at a hotel and I worked overnights and I was like, "This is great. I have problems sleeping. This will be perfect." And I was doing it for a while, and then suddenly it was like, I just become so aware of everyone going in and starting their day when I was ending it, and I was like, "You guys, I'm gonna quit." And then I'm like, I, I have to put in my two weeks. They're like, well, do you just want to change your hours? And I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Sure. <laughs> but <laughs> so I just changed my hours. But it's weird. Like you're up at night and you don't feel tired. And everyone's like, don't you feel tired? No. But then like during the day, people will still be like, what are you doing sleeping? Well, I was up all night. So when do you usually... When does your day usually start? Like daytime. So I usually uh, wake up around two thirty in the afternoon, and I eat breakfast then. <laughs> yeah. And then that gives me a lot of time to put myself in a good mood before I get to work. And also, uh, that that's kind of what one reason why I kind of like the night shift, and it also makes it easier for me to schedule appointments without having to miss work. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Everything happens during those hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's true. I never thought of that. How long have you been working those hours? Uh, I think since March. Oh, nice. Good job. You've you've stayed strong. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I had been used to staying up late on the weekends because I liked, liked staying up late because I liked going to the bars. And yeah, <laughs> you do comedy, so it's like the perfect time. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect schedule. There is some open mic tonight. Am I keeping you from that? Are we keeping you from that? Uh, I saw it posted in the comedy scene. 
Yeah, there is there is an open mic going on right now, I think. Yeah. Where at? Uh, th- there are actually two ones going on today. One is at Java Joe's and the other is at Teehee's. Oh, yeah. Scott, Have we- you been to Teehee's yet? I have been to Teehee's for to perform only once. How did it go? I think they really liked it. Yeah. Is that it place nice? Looks cool. I haven't been there yet. Yeah, we need to go. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool place to go. Uh I think it they have like a little uh mural on the behind the performers and uh they have little uh, balls on each of the tables and... Oh, the light balls. Yeah. Like, are those... I saw those in a picture, I think. And I, and I learned by watching a video online that you can actually touch the balls and it will change the color to indicate that the server should ask you to get a drink. What? That's, That's not cool. a bad idea. That's such a cool idea. Sure. Oh, we need to go there. Yeah. Super soon. All right. Well, hopefully, are you going to go there tonight? I'll try to get you downtown if you need to go there. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go there tonight. Well, this has been... All right. So we kind of want to talk about, and if this is okay with you, about autism and your autistic and... I was wondering, when did you find out? And is it something that you kind of knew, or did someone tell you? Or Well, uh, my parents di- had gotten me diagnosed when I was three years old because I didn't, cause I w- didn't talk until I was three years old, and I preferred to play alone. But they didn't tell me until I was in three third grade hmm. wow i think they uh did you have any problems so how old are third graders sorry i uh, just have a problem like figuring out what, what age is eight i don't know kindergarten's like five six so first seven eight yeah nine nine ten okay sorry i just had to get age range do, what, do you remember it being hard for you at that time? Uh, I think I cried when they told me I had autism. I don't think I had ever... I don't know if I had ever heard of the condition before they told me I had it. Like, what did they say? Uh, they just... I think that the reason why they told me is because I think I was having some... Uh, they could tell that I knew the answers to the math problems, but I couldn't get them on paper. So, uh, so uh, one night my mom just said, Leo, you have autism. <laughs> I can't. Like, what did you say? Because as a kid, I, think, I wouldn't know what that was either. I think I just... Uh, I, just I just remember crying, I think. And then I think after they... Uh, told me I had autism I think they gave me a sort of a book that was sort of about autism I think it was sort of like an sort of that sort of explained what it was for like a little kid and I think it sort of I think I remember it had some like 
check boxes in it. So it's like a quiz kind of, or did it help? Did the book help? Uh, I think it did help. Yeah. God, being a kid is so hard. Like, you don't know what anything is, and then people just drop these things on you. And it's like, what are you talking about? I'm a child. And you're still trying to figure out the world, and then it's like, yeah, as an adult, you've heard of autism, and your parents knew about it, but it's like they're just kind of dropping it on you, like, oh, you have autism. It's like, what the heck are you talking about? Well, here's this book. So did you you go to therapy did they start you on medication what or was it just hey this is what's going on uh or was it just like read this book (laughs) i think it was just like hey just uh read this book but they did put me on medication when i was like a senior in high school because i started uh making noises and uh like i sort of talked out loud to myself and yeah, I think this kind of, that kind of scared them. So, scared them or scared other people, like at the school or something. I well, can see that being like not to lead you, but well, uh, nobody at school ever talked to me about it. Yeah, but I think maybe it's just maybe just being a part of being a parent. They just uh, are kind of concerned about my well-being. But don't know how to address it, like, really. Because it was like, I was having troubles. And what happened was, like, my mom picked me up and she's like, we're going to therapy without telling me. And I'm like, what? And then I'm just crying and, like, breaking down. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What's wrong with me? And it's like, clearly she saw something was going on. I have anxiety and depression, which it's fine now. I'm on, like, three different medications. But it's like... She saw something was going on, but she wasn't saying what's going on. And it was just like, I, w- I felt like I was being kidnapped to therapy. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> and I'm like, nothing's wrong with me. I'm fine. Whatever. But no one explains it. So you're a kid and all this is being dropped on you. That's what I felt like kind of happened to me. And it was like, and then eventually I get to be an adult and I figure it out. And it's like, well, she didn't know what to do. And so the, here we are. And I'm fine. And you're fine. So when they told you that, did did things get easier or harder uh, once I, you're conscious of that, of, of, of your diagnosis? I think they kind of just stayed just the same. I don't know if I really made a very big deal about it, but I think that might have made people might have made my friends more understanding of me when I uh, got to middle school into high school. Because mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think that uh, middle school and high school is the way people socialize in, in those grades is different than the way you do it in yeah. elementary school. For mm-hmm. sure. Well, it's all about like kind of what we were talking about. Like you kind of get into your cliques where it's like all those things. Those kind of happen in middle school and high school. Well, I guess I guess in elementary school, I don't know what I was doing. I was just panicking about things. But In elementary school? Well, like, you know, when they're doing musical chairs, I would huh? get into a panic. 
About musical chairs? Well, yeah, because the music would stop. And one, I didn't want to have to fight for a chair. I just wanted to ease into a chair. And it's like I would like to be out first round so I didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> but I wasn't going to pretend to be out first round. What? Just like dodgeball. I'd pretend to be out in dodgeball all the time. What, pretend? Yeah. You'd be I'd like, be like, oh, I got hit? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I did. Then I didn't what were people on the other team like, I didn't throw a ball at you? No, no one was paying Hopefully no one was paying attention because I was just like, I'm out. So why'd you even start? Because it's gym class. You have to. They make you do it. That's crazy. They make you do it. And then I'd just be like, I'm out. I'm out. I got forced to rappel down the gym wall by the Marines, though, one time. They were there, obviously recruiting, but they were tying knots around people. And I'm like, I showed up late. I'm like, I don't have my clothes. Tying knots around people? I don't know. We were standing in the middle of rope. And then I came out and I said, I forgot my clothes because I'd always forget my clothes, but not really. But I didn't want to do gym class. Didn't you have a locker? Scott. To put your clothes in? No, I didn't have a locker. Not a gym locker? People, there's lockers down there. I didn't put anything in it because I didn't want to do gym. It's That's an why. easy A. No, it was an easy D for me. <laughs> it was barely a D. And so I go out and I'm like, I forgot my clothes. And the Marines are like, it's fine. Stand here. And I stood in the rope and then they tied it around me. And then this Marine... Just a rope? <laughs> yes. This Marine grabbed the rope and lifted me up in the air and said, if you did it right, you shouldn't be able to feel this. <laughs> and then he said, can you feel this? I'm like, no. And I so was, you did it right then? I, he did it. I didn't do anything. I didn't tie this rope. Then we had to get in the top of the gym. And then when we got up there, I was like, I'm still going to get out of this. And I told him, I'm like... I don't think these gloves fit me. <laughs> That's what I told him. And then they're like, this guy said, well, then you can wear my gloves. And he took them off and put them on me. I'm like, no, really, I don't want to go down. <laughs> they made me go down. I don't know. So that was a day. I don't remember any Marines ever coming to my high school. Well, we were, you know, a small town. We we're poor people. They're trying to recruit. They're coming to your gym class. They're letting you shoot BB guns. <laughs> they're letting us repel off the gym. Did they do that in Gilbert? You don't know. You went to Ames. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he's more like me. We went to a proper high school <laughs> with the with money and you know well, good listen, education. <laughs> I guess they didn't bring the Marines into every school, but they brought them into ours. That's not. I don't know. Maybe they need to bring the Marines to all these schools because of uh, school shootings. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I did have to shoot a BB gun in the back of a thing. And we'd have to sign a waiver, but really it was like, now, this was the army that brought the tank with the BB guns. A tank? It was like a covered wagon kind of thing. Hold on. A tank and a covered wagon are two very different they things. They look the same. They're army green. Like, it's like a... Like a truck with a canopy on the back? Maybe. Not a tank. It felt like a tank <laughs> in a, as a high schooler. And they would make us sign these waivers... And they're like, this is how you can shoot these BB guns. And we're like, well, obviously, we all want to shoot BB guns. And That's so true. That's universal. Everybody <laughs> likes to shoot BB guns. I'm not kidding. I loved BB guns. I think I might have shot a BB gun once. <laughs> how did you it go? You got to get out there, man. I, I think it went all right. Uh, I think I lived. 
I think the only reason why I was able to do it was because I lived out in a f- on a farm. Oh, you did? Yep. You grew up on a farm? Gilbert Farm. Yep. It was, I lived out in the country, and we used to have a lot of barn animals. Like, What'd you have? Well, uh, we used to have four cats, a ton of chickens, and a <laughs> cow. <laughs> One cow? Dairy cow, or uh, I th- she was a meat cow, but we just had her as a pet. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we, we liked her, but uh, what but was we, her name? Her name was Stella, which I think is a uh, I think translated into another language is Star. Yeah, and uh, we had to give give her away because she kept she became so strong she broke out of the her. <laughs> Her area. Oh my god! And she broke down the fence and she started chewing on the garden. So she just was like, "I'm free." Yeah, I think that that a cow would probably need more room than what yeah. she was given. Yeah. So he gave her to one of my brother's basketball friends who raised cows. And then what happened to the chickens is that. Uh, one time, the neighbor's huskies came over and killed a bunch of them. Why do dogs do that? <laughs> the dogs love... My brother has a farm. The dog goes after the chickens. Yeah, they've got chickens. Uh, what? They probably got 20, yeah. 30 chickens. And it, it, there's one dog that if you let it outside and you're not on him, he's going to go eat a chicken. And those are like... Did you raise the chickens? Did you get their eggs and stuff? Uh, we, I think we raised them f- from when they were like chicks. Yeah. And then uh, they, and then they grew full size, and we collected their eggs. And the husky got some. Yep. And the neighbor was nice about it, as he uh, promised to replace them. <laughs> the chickens. But that's the thing. It's like here's four dollars. Go buy, go buy a bunch of new. Well, chickens. and it's like you can go to Bombgars and yeah. there's little baby chicks. But it's like when you're taking care of these chickens, you kind of know the chickens. Oh yeah. So like my niece takes care of the chickens at my brother's farm. She knows the chickens. There's one chicken. It got mad at me all the time because they were out of town. The chicken would come out, and I'm like, oh, I would send her pictures, and she's like, oh, that chicken. That's the rooster. He's always mean. And I'd have to go in and get the eggs and stuff. But it's like you get to know these chickens. And to other people, it's just like, I'll just buy a new chick. I can't believe how many eggs they put out. Lots of eggs. Uh, There's always... Anywhere I've worked, there's always been one person who raises chickens. And they're trying to bring in eggs. And it's like three or four times a week. Like, here's three dozen eggs. Anybody want (laughs) It's like, oh, Jesus Christ, man. And it's just like, oh, it's $10. It's like, how are you even making any money on this? This is just looks like a pain in the ass for you. It is. I had to go morning and night to my brother's house when they were on vacation and let the chickens out during the day. Like in the morning, I would go before work and let them out so they could run around. And then at night, I'd have to put them in. And it was like, then you get to know these chickens. Mm-hmm. It's weird. They are little pets. But yeah, they have eggs. That you can eat. Mm-hmm. I actually was incubated some eggs one time. You did? Yep. Uh, and I think 
And it was really exciting the day we they started like uh, hatching because yeah. I was able to see them like pecking out of their <laughs> shells. Oh my god, that'd be so cool! And uh, then we put them in a little side room in the in the barn. And I think they the chickens were just like the chicks were of all different colors. And then yeah. and then one day. When I uh, was at a friend's house in sixth grade, uh, the wind blew the door to that room open and the cats got into that room and ate the chicks. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's so upsetting, but it's like everyone's like, it's fine. Here's something I was surprised of with chickens. If you take one of their eggs, freshly hatched, and throw it on the ground in the coop, all the they all come in and start eating it. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, they 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 like. Eat. Can you imagine people like in a hospital room with a, with a mother is just giving birth to a child and you throw it on the ground and they start everyone's just it. like, oh, awesome! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it would have been totally cool if you had this baby, but c- come on, we're not going to pass this up. <laughs> <laughs> this is yummy. <laughs> this is a delicacy. Yeah, they do love it. I they don't also know why. apparently like at Thanksgiving we went to my brother's house with the chickens and he's like, Well, I'll just throw out the turkey to the chickens and it's like What? We were ate, like Did they eat it? He he was I didn't like see it. they love it. And then I'm <gasps> like, Is this okay that you're feeding them this? And to me in my mind I'm like, This is not okay. And then he's like, They love it. And I'm just like eating cooked turkey. Like they're it's like if you cooked a monkey and threw it out to us, and we we're like, "Oh, awesome! Love monkey." They did that in that Indiana oh Jones movie where they ate oh, the yeah, brains. Oh yeah, brains, chilled monkey brains. Have you seen that one? They eat chilled monkey brains in an Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones in the Temple of Doom. No, it's probably I... before your time a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Yeah, listen, guys, I'm forty. Yeah, I'm forty. You got a favorite movie? Yeah, what's your favorite movie? Uh, I. I don't really pick favorites, but maybe Avatar. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Now, are you, oh, are you up to date on all the supposed sequels to Avatar? There's he's supposed to make like ten more of these movies or something. Yeah, but it's taking him forever. Yeah. Do you yeah. think it'll happen or? I don't know if it'll ever. I don't know if it'll ever happen. I haven't been paying too closely attention to it. It's one of those things you just forget about, kind of, for me at least. It's like, oh yeah, Avatar. Isn't he supposed to be... I've never seen Avatar. It's pretty cool. That's what my mom said, because she was like, we're watching Avatar. Tyson's never seen it. I'm like, I've never seen it either. And she's like, what? It's cool. I'm like, what? Never seen it? And what was that? I mean, that was... Years ago now, right? I think it was released in 2008 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the technology now must have far surpassed what they were doing then. So, and then when you, if you watched it now, you'd be, be impressed. Really? Well, yeah. It's, uh, it's all motion capture, crazy. It's impressive. All right. So, you know, that's James Cameron for you. I don't know. I know what your favorite movie is. Yeah. Are you going to say it? No, it's irrelevant. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's irrelevant. I think mine would be a tie between Ghostbusters and Big Lebowski. Really? Yeah. I would never have guessed those two. What would you guess? The things I watch on TV all the time? Those are comforting to me. Hocus Pocus. No. What's the witch movie? The Craft. The Craft? Laura Craft. No, The Craft. It's witches. They're high school witches. That and... What would be your second favorite movie? Uh, I don't know. What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I mean, I love that. The guy that wrote it went to Valley. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So that's pretty cool. Have you seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape? No. Well, it's super good. And he also wrote uh, Pieces of April. And yeah, he's from Iowa and they're super good movies. So check them out, everyone that's listening. What kind of music you like? Yeah. Uh, I listen to all kinds of music. Like, uh, I, I kind of like. I kind of like Shine Down. I like Nirvana. I like Soundgarden. I like Jimi Hendrix, The Who, Led Zeppelin. Pink uh, Floyd. Yeah, I like Pink Floyd. Uh, he likes Pink Floyd. Can my dad go- took me. That was the concert my dad took me to Pink Floyd Forever Go Division Bell Tour in Ames. And then I. I do listen. To, I can listen to some folk series stuff like Jack Johnson and Paul Simon. Jack and Johnson, I used to be a big fan of. Is he still making music? I don't know if he's still making music, but maybe, uh, maybe would you listen to Mumford and Sons? Sure. I mean, they're still they're kind of folksier. They're kind of a newer band. Is that the? Is that the English? Are they English, Mumford and Sons? I don't know. I think they're. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Here's what I know: Matt they Paxton from Hoarders loves Mumford and Sons. Does he? Mm-hmm. Look it up here. I used to write a blog, Leo, about. Well, like I wrote it about life because I just like to ramble and obsess about things. But then also I do recaps of the TV show Hoarders, and then one of the cleanup guys, Matt Paxton. It's like we became friends, and but then sometimes I get death threats from hoarders, but it was a good time, even with the death threats. It was a good time. But yeah, hoarders. You know, I think it's good to talk about these things, like my aunt was clearly a yeah, hoarder. British folk rock band. I didn't know they were British. Everyone sounds the same when they sing. They did part of that uh, thing with... The Bob Dylan songs. I don't know. Where they did the, they were unfinished songs, and then they took them and put music to it. It was good. Anyhow, sorry. All right. Mumford and Sons for sure. Yeah. I don't know. What are we all going to talk about our favorite music? Sure. Wilco. Wilco. Yeah. Wilco will love you, baby. My wife took me to Wilco, got tickets to a sold-out show somehow. I'm tricky. In Cedar Rapids, Iowa. If you see a Poseidon sign up the side of the road that says, 15 miles to the Lush Shack!
Love Shack Baby. Love Shack Baby. Love Shack Baby. Love Shack. Card. It's as big as a whale. And it's about to set sail. How are they still around? I mean, they can't be, right? I don't know. Uh, I think they did make an album in 2008 or something like that. Did they? I. If only there was some way to find out. Look it up, Scott. You I'm look it looking up. it up. I'm looking it up. The B-52s. But that was the song that I was famous for singing in college. Really? Really? <laughs> like yeah. karaoke or... Uh, I think how it started was that I kind of, uh, I was at like a cross country spaghetti supper and I had my headphones in and I sung the, (laughs) I sort of sung the lyrics to the song while I was listening to the song and the, and the girls on the cross country team liked it so much that when they were making a puppet show with all the guys teams that my puppet had a, had me and my headphones singing Love Shack. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I think I also sung Love Shack at a talent show yeah. at my college. Well, I hope you won. Yeah. You better have. Did you, do you ever do karaoke? You should Love Shack karaoke. Yeah, I've, I've done a little bit of karaoke. And uh, when I was in high school, I sung in a band. What? what kind of band? Uh, it was a, it, it was my guitar teacher's school of rock. Oh, cool! It's been a while since I did it, so I can't remember what songs I sung. But uh, I do remember one of them was "Purple Haze." All, all in, in my brain. brain. Lately, okay. things just don't, don't seem the same. Acting funny, but I, I don't, don't know why. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Did you, did you think it was excuse me while I kiss this guy? I knew it wasn't it's, because of Beavis and Butthead because I'm mm, older. Okay. It's kiss the sky. I yeah. Think. <laughs> did you know Hey Joe is not a Jimi Hendrix song? Yes, yes I did. I know did that. not know that you until did? like two weeks ago. Scott. I had no idea. Scott. Don't shame me. Well, you're shamed. <laughs> I did, what is it like an old blues song or something or? Isn't it Jim Croce? I have no idea. I just oh, I thought that was a Jimi Hendrix song, for sure. Always. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. A know, little update on the B fifty twos here. Yeah. Uh, in two thousand eight, the band dropped the apostrophe from their name. <laughs> They're not the B fifty apostrophe S twos. They're just the B fifty twos now. Like plural. That was an 08. Uh... Still going. During 2019, the group announced a tour starting in May for the States. <laughs> you better jump on that. So tour, I mean, they're still Leo. around, still going. They're still going, Leo. Yeah. Someone has got to. What's another song? Of listeners, theirs? why don't you get Leo tickets to B-52s? Come on, now. Rome if you want to. <laughs> yes, Rome around the world. <laughs> Rome, if you want to, 
without okay. anything but we love we feel <laughs> great yeah for sure love it someone get you play any instruments yeah uh i used to play the guitar and synthesizer but i kind of stopped playing in college just because i kind of lost track of things but i did keep on singing a little bit with the love shack and then i think maybe uh when i after i graduated college i i think i got inspired to write a song that had the background lyric where i where i sort of did a little rap that went like Push me around and give dirty looks. Five-page papers and big fat books. <laughs> and then we need to record that. Someone and then needs in the that. and in the background, I had like lyrics that went sort of like chaos control. They try to control me. <laughs> chaos control. They try to control me. I'm a grown man. Why don't you understand? And my, I think that my plan for that song, if I was going to sing it in the band, was that I I wanted to have three singers in the song, and then I wanted to have a different person singing the verse and the chorus each time. Oh, yeah. Chaos. So, I mean, it'd be kind of like in a rap song where they have, like, all these different, like, artists. Yeah, like jump in the, and do uh-huh. like featuring this person. Yeah. We gotta make that happen. Scott. <laughs> I I I still have the I recorded that song in Garage Band. I think I recorded all the I, I recorded all the parts using like a synthesizer. Yeah. And then you changed your voice. Yeah, I I recorded the background with like by uh I just sung my sung in in sung in the microphone one time and then I sung really deeply into it and then I copied and pasted that track and then with the copied track I changed the pitch of it by by a few steps so when it so when the track played it this the lyrics both parts would be like it would be like a power chord yeah and it would scott knows more about this than i do you do all the recording what program do you use garage band <laughs> yeah do you find garage band difficult to work with no, no i i don't think it's difficult to work with i think that i think that what you get out of GarageBand is what you put into it, because yeah. I think that if you have a lot of, uh, I, it, go ahead, sorry, because I think if you're very creative, you could, you could do a lot of things with it, and if you're good at recording, it is more capable than. It is it has a wide breadth of the stuff you can do with it. You really can if you dig in and look. I, some of their interfaces, though, and the way 
that's all my problem is just the way that stuff works together. It's just kind of tough to. It's I don't know I'm not a computer programmer so I don't know how to say. It's difficult. Know. It's it just difficult, difficult from a technical standpoint, not an artistic standpoint. Yeah. So as the a gates producer, wide open for what you want to do. So like producing the tracks is difficult. It can be. Yeah. And it, maybe it's not even difficult. It's that it could be a lot easier. All a right. lot of times I think it, it becomes a problem that doesn't need to happen for me. That makes sense. Does it? I don't know. I don't work in it. It seems like it makes sense to me because I don't work in it. I don't know. I haven't, I, well, maybe that's part of the problem, though, is that when I work in it with music, it's like once a year. Yeah. Intense for like a month. Yeah, that's probably it. You're not used to it. Because like when I did that movie for my sister, I was like, I don't know how to edit clips. I'll just keep Googling. I figure it out. But other people do it every day, and they're like, this is no problem. Well, I don't know. Some things are no problem for some people that are really difficult for other people. Yep. So there we go. Moral of the story. That's the moral of this podcast. That's right. I don't know. So, Leo, before we go, what are you doing for the holidays, and do you have any gift ideas, and do you panic about gift giving? <laughs> Uh, my plan for Christmas is to visit my parents' house when my brother and sister and their spouses come there, and I think that I do have some gift ideas, but I'm not going to share them because I want them to be surprises. Yeah, (laughs) don't share them. Do you stress out about the gifts? Like you want to give something meaningful, right? Yeah, I want to give something meaningful. And I also, I want to give them something they want. But I think it's also good to surprise them too. Because I might find something that they've never heard of. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I've just, it's like I've discovered this new thing. Yeah. Leo and gets it's perfect it. for you. That totally You're love it. That is how I feel about the holidays and Christmas. People ask me what I want, and I'm like, <laughs> I want you to figure it out because I think really hard about what I'm going to get you. And it stresses me out to think about what I want. I want a surprise that I've never even thought of. And that's, I get that that's stressing them out, but also I'm stressing out. So let's all just stress out and try to make each other happy. Right. Mm-hmm. I I actually did something that was a little bit out of ordinary one time. My grandma has this fear of uh, rats, and she and a family tradition is that the kids will hide a gummy wrap, gunny rat, in in her house for her to find. <laughs> and so, uh, one one time, I gave her a. A gummy rat for Christmas. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I think that when I told my family members about it, uh, they they kind of didn't really think that it was a make a big deal out of it. But then 
when she got this, the gift, she sent me an email that said, Leo, first of all, thanks for the gift. It was very thoughtful. But, yeah. but it is the absolute worst <laughs> present that I have ever seen in my life. It appears still to be very thoughtful. Very thoughtful. It, it appears to be filled in blood. Oh, God. <laughs> Next time when I see you, I'll remember this. <laughs> I will give you the queen of spades and hearts. You're going to pay for this, Leo. <laughs> you know what? what? You're trying to help her, though. And that's what Christmas is all about. Bringing people joy or horror that they didn't know about <laughs> and surprising them with it. And that's what you did. So, okay. Leo, Leo Joseph Bird, thank you for being here. Thanks for taking a lift here. We're going to lift you home. And is there anything you want to plug or say before we leave that we didn't get a chance to say? Well, I think I'd also like to thank you for inviting me to be on this podcast. Great. Oh, thanks. Thank you. We enjoy it. You can come back anytime. Yeah, this is super fun. Come back soon. We'll have other guests on, too. We can have more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I hope the lack of lights weren't weird and all my weirdness. But, you know, thanks for coming over. We're going to get you home, and thank you, everyone, for listening, and get Leo some tickets to the B-52s <laughs> if you have access to them. B-52s without an apostrophe, because he deserves them, and if you have anything from me, send that along as well. Bye. Bye. Bye.